listening to the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and creative writing instructor, and I'm delighted to be back to a more regular podcasting schedule for this podcast. You can find more about me and my latest novel, Minor Profits, at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at bhurley. You can follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week's writing tip is try first person. As a sort of celebratory return to uh, a more regular posting schedule for this, uh, for Writerly Bites, I wanted to go back to the fundamentals of perspective, because I think it's such an interesting question to explore about what sort of vantage point you really are choosing when you choose first, second, or third person. So this is part of a series of tips I'll be giving all about the choices you have around point of view and perspective. So this week, let's start with first person. What can it do? What can't it do? Uh, what's, what is magic and intimate and strange and special about first person? So first of all, first person has a remarkable quality of personality and voice. We are in the mind of the character, and so therefore we are hearing their inner or spoken voice. It's not quite the same as an actual transcript of the way that they would speak. It's more writerly than that. And most writers who are using first person have to figure out and gauge how formal they really want to be and how much level of kind of writerly artifice they want to introduce into the writing. But it, overall, it still feels more spoken. Uh, more natural, more casual, and more thoroughly in the mind of the character. And that means that first-person writing is very voice-driven. It sounds very voicey. It gives us the personality of the character right in the narration itself. With that comes intimacy. So we're deeply involved with the character's concerns. We know them on a deep and intimate level. We see them when they're vulnerable. We see their vulnerabilities from the inside out. Along with that is a sort of filtering effect. So everything that we see in the story or novel is filtered through the character's worldview. That means we see all information filtered through their preferences, their loves, their fears, their desires, and their disgusts. Along with that filtering comes a bias. So if a character is biased, we as readers are biased too. Whether it's subtly or overtly, a character in a first-person story is trying to argue that their point of view is the correct one. It could be that they're actively trying to convince a reader of the rightness of their actions, or it could just be the simple act of giving their side of the story or mitigating their own actions, uh, trying to make their bad actions seem a little bit less bad, or just trying to win over our sympathy to some extent. And that's the next thing that first person does so well. By default, we do sympathize with the narrator. That's just the way reading a story works. We start off aligned with a first person narrator and it can take quite a lot to alienate us from that sympathy. So we're in the narrator's head, we see things through their eyes, and so we see their side of the story. That can be pushed to extraordinary lengths and it can be really interesting to see what crosses a line in a story where ultimately we do feel divorced from sympathy for the character. And lots of stories play with this and push us and encourage us to feel complicit 
in an increasingly difficult character. A challenge of first person is the assumed knowledge element. The character is less likely to explain things that they already know about the world, the time, and the relationships to other characters. So we've all seen those sort of awkward moments of exposition where someone in a scene says, Gina, you're my sister, and you're three years older than me, and we love each other. Those sorts of moments can feel very awkward if they're not handled correctly. So with first person, you have to be a little bit sneakier about how you're going to introduce important elements of information or exposition in your story. And finally, back to that question of complicity, we're participating in the story in, in a really active way. We feel like we're aligned with this character, and therefore we are aligned with their way of viewing the world and their desires. That can start to feel almost dirty in a way. We can feel sort of dirty in, in our association if the story and the character is really pushing us into dark places. The classic example of this would be Nabokov's novel Lolita. So whether for better or worse, we are with this character and we're going to be with them till the end. Next time, I'll talk more about the downsides or pitfalls of first person, because I think it's really important to understand both the power and the intimacy of first person writing, and also the things to watch out for, the things that you have to work actively against or struggle with or make your peace with as a writer. So we'll talk about the downsides of first person next time. This week's reading recommendation is Strange Loops by Liz Harmer. This is a such a, a fascinating, deeply charged, mysterious, sensual book, and it's right in my wheelhouse. It, it is very much concerned with all the things that I'm interested in. It's about spirituality, it's about women's bodies, it's about women's struggles for independence, and how we navigate the, the reality of living in a sensual body and a sensual self, along with spiritual questions. There's uh, an affair, there are twins, there's a tornado, all sorts of fascinating ways in which the story kind of loops on itself again and again. So the structure of this novel is really fascinating to study for writers as well. Thanks for listening. The Writerly Bites podcast will be back with micro tips to make your writing better. It's produced by me, Blair Hurley. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit the website at writerlybites.com. Email me at writerlybitespodcast at gmail.com with your favorite tips or questions about the writing life, which I'd love to tackle in future episodes. Okay.